You're listening to The Wind from Eden, Montana Weather Stories, a production of the Ivandoig Archive at the Montana State University Library. I'm Jeff Rice. The cool, wet mood of June continued, and about the middle of the month, our part of Montana had its solidest rain in years, a toe drowner that settled in around noon and poured on and on into the night. Ivan Doig's book English Creek begins with the spring rains of central Montana, when he wrote, it was as if halves of $10 bills are being handed around and the other halves promised at shipping time. Ranchers knew that good June rains were a gift for the season's hay crop, and the weather plays a central role in the progression of Doig's novel. The book follows a ranching family through the summer of 1939, from July picnics and rodeos to a dramatic forest fire at its end. Many people have written about weather in their books, but for Doig, weather was like a recurring character, always ready to change the course of the plot, and always vividly described. Thunder was like beer barrels tumbling downstairs. When lightning hit, it was like being pinned down by artillery. Scott Sowers reads from the audiobook version of English Creek, published by Recorded Books. The sky split white outside the cabin. That crack of thunder I honestly felt as much as heard. A jolt through the air as if a quake had leapt upward out of the earth. I believe my hair was swept straight on end from that blast of noise and light. I know I had trouble getting air into my body past the blockade where my heart was trying to climb out my throat. Stanley, though, didn't show any particular ruffle at all. The quick hand of God, my ma used to say. I spoke with Ivan Doig scholar William Wyckoff, who has written about the importance of weather to Doig's books. He says Doig shared with others who grew up as ranchers a fascination with weather. For them, weather wasn't just a subject of idle conversation. It was a force that drove the culture. As much as just descriptions of storms and, and blizzards and that kind of thing in, in which he's superb at, uh, the way in which he, he, he interweaves it with the activities, the social relationships, if you will, right, that people have, parents with their kids, uh, young lovers, whatever it might be, and that's a part of the story that makes, I think, the weather so uh, alive, you know, in Ivan's books. Wyckoff is a retired professor of geography at Montana State University. He describes weather as a critical element of the author's place-defining literature. I borrow the term from Pete Shortridge, and he is another cultural geographer who wrote an article about place-defining literature uh, in the 1990s. And basically what Pete meant, I think, is it's literature that really manages to enter the popular imagination as a set of ideas and landscapes and experiences that define a place. Now, a place can be a a city, it can be a region, it's kind of ill-defined, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, Ivan's work to me felt like it was a terrific example of that kind of place-defining literature, so I thought he was a great sort of case study to explore. 
How so? How, how, how was his literature place defined? Well, when I got to Montana, you know, uh, his books, This House of Skies memoir and English Creek, were the, literally the first two books I read, uh, as instructed by people that were here. And they, they said, you've got to get this guy doing. And, and so I, I did. And uh, indeed, they were, for more, they were for me ways of really entering a brand new landscape in a wonderful, wonderfully evocative way. And, and being a geographer, of course, I took every weekend and was traveling around Montana as I got to know it. I was here a summer before I started teaching in the fall. And so I got up to White Sulphur and got up to the Rocky Mountain front and so forth. And really, uh, what, what Ivan had written resonated so richly. And so for me, it, it was a very visual and, 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 and very rich sort of regional um, experience. You mentioned that there are some, several characteristics of, of place-defining literature, um, and among those are uh, the seasons, weather and the seasons. Right. Is that right? It is, you know, and, and, and particularly in, in the latitude in which we live, right? In the middle latitudes in Montana, you're not going to get a place uh, with, uh, with more regional variety anywhere in terms of seasons. And so, uh, and that was part of my experience of living here as well and seeing those seasons unfold. I was here in the mid-80s, and, uh, you know, there were some pretty uh, harsh winters here, even in good old Bozeman, and uh, some pretty hot summers and so forth. And it seemed to me that that part of his... Um, his literature was uh, was so perceptive in capturing the round of activities, the, the cycle of activities that uh, is is not unique to Montana, but is so vividly expressed here. I think you know in terms of seasonal change, uh, and it's not just it's not just the weather. It's it's all of the the cultural activities that go along with those changes. The the Fourth of July picnics and in, in the middle of the summer, and all the autumn kinds of traditions in fall, the hunting and 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 uh, the celebrating with Thanksgiving and so on. And so I think that was that whole collection of ideas associated with seasonal change were obviously things that Ivan, I think, was very careful in writing about and, 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 and deeply reflected what he had experienced here probably as a youngster. I really, that really struck me in the book English Creek, mm-hmm. which seems like that's just a book about summer. To me, right, that's one right. of the great yes. summer novels. Sure, it is. And, and you feel summer coming on early, you know, in the narrative and the greening up, right? There are passages about the verdancy and the green of that particular summer that he's writing about, I remember, and how the landscape just bursts forth. And, and you know, you get a good May and June up there, and, and it is incredibly green. Um, and then, you know, in just a matter oftentimes of... 10 days, two weeks, you get a succession of days that are just hot, dry, windy. It just sucks the moisture right right out of the ground. And it's 90, 95, 98, day after day. And suddenly that rich green, you know, undergrowth is now tinder dry. And, and it's especially fire prone, obviously, in years where it's a wet spring, right? You got more undergrowth to burn. So that's uh, what really comes out in English Creek. Yeah, you go through that process with Ivan uh, and with the characters in the book and how that then sets the stage for the drama, the big fires and so forth. You know, yeah. Um, were you struck by the way he wrote about weather, or just about the the impact that weather had on the plot? Uh, no, I think I was struck by both. Uh, the way he wrote about it, obviously, he took great care in choosing his words, his examples, uh, and, and, and the way that it affected people, as well as animals, as well as plants, and, and water, and so forth. So the way he wrote about it, I think, uh, reflected his own sensibility, which uh, was apart from plot. 
And then I think, obviously, part of the genius, you know, of English Creek is that it is so, you know, uh, interwoven into the actual story. And that's what makes it, you know, particularly good, obviously. And particularly, again, a good example of this place-defining literature, I think. That was Montana State University geography professor William Wyckoff. You've been listening to The Wind from Eden, Montana Weather Stories. Before we go, this episode wouldn't be complete without a word from someone who lived the life that Ivan Doeg described. Today's Montana weather story comes from 93-year-old Julia Short of White Sulphur Springs. She provides the music. My dad used to say, if it's going to rain every day in June, it has to start the first day. (laughs) I thought that was pretty sharp of him. (laughs) But, of course, that was what he wished it would do because he was a rancher. (laughs) You know, that that was what he was praying for was rain. Oh, they always talk about the weather <laughs> and whether you got enough irrigating water and all that and how if we don't get some rain, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, you've got to have it. I mean, you got to have that moisture or because you like to start haying, so, well, some of your hay you can hay a little, maybe before the 4th, but most of it you, you're usually haying by maybe the 4th of July. And if you don't get your moisture, you're just, you're just out of luck. I'll play the sheep of air beat for you. Maybe I will. And it's been terribly hot this summer early on and and I I don't remember of it being so much that you, you notice it so much and I don't I mean it doesn't bother me but but we've had an awful lot of hot weather early on and we've got a lot of country that's just dry It all makes a difference, that weather. That was Julia Short of White Sulphur Springs. And that's it for our show. The Wind from Eden is a production of the Ivan Doig Archive at the Montana State University Library. Original music for our series was provided by Flynn Cohen at flynncohen.net. Funding for this program was provided by Humanities Montana with additional support from the Montana History Foundation. The Willow Springs Foundation and the Acoustic Atlas supported some of the recordings used in this episode. Audio excerpts from English Creek were provided courtesy of Recorded Books, Inc., Production copyright 2010. For the Montana State University Library, I'm Jeff Rice.